When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me as always via Zoom is... Miss Sesame, Inspector, and Carta. That's a good name. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. It's a good name. S-S-E, or S-S-E, rather. Yes. C. C. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, jump into this first. Okay. Today on the show, we are covering episode three of Moon Knight, the Marvel and Disney Plus television series. It's called The Friendly Type, directed <laughs> by Mohamed Dieb, written by Bo DeMaio, and uh, Peter Cameron and Sabir. Perzada. P-I-R-Z-A-D-A. Whoa. Yes. And those and this originally aired on April 13th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Or streamed, whatever you want to call it. Um so initial thoughts here, Sesame. Oh my god, I loved it <clears throat> so much. Like so much like like every like this is <clears throat> like i'm not even joking like this is giving me wandavision vibes like every episode was better than the last one hmm. <clears throat> like like this is actually my favorite mcu series i think like all together like i thought like i had like wandavision at top always and then there was loki and stuff i actually think this is my all-time favorite so far um <clears throat> just because of the topic you know, um, you know the fact that it's uh, based off like a lesser-known character, but they've made like this character so cool. You know, in this version, you know, we're talking about Egyptian gods. We're going into Cairo. The suit's freaking amazing. I mean, I know Moon Knight sort of joked around as being like a cheap version of Batman, but I honestly think this suit looks way cooler than Batman's suit does. Uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> So, I, yeah, I won't initial. agree with you there, but I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because I love Batman. But, um, <laughs> see, okay, here's the thing with me on this episode. I'm not as enthusiastic as you are. That's I right. think it was a good episode, mind you. But it's my least favorite of the three so far. Okay. Um, mainly because I think a lot of it is just, like, spinning wheels. It's not really moving the plot as forward as there's a lot a lot of good action a lot of good stuff happening but it's not moving the plot forward as much as i wanted that's just my initial feeling on it i did only watch it once because i normally watch them twice but mm-hmm. maybe if i saw it again it would i would feel differently but that's basically what i was feeling i thought it was really good i mean i liked seeing you know what they were doing with, you know, taking the character to Egypt <laughs> and stuff and stuff with them, you know, other avatars and things of that nature. But a lot of it just seemed like, oh, we're going to fight for the sake of fighting. Um, mm. You know, that's just my feeling on it. I do love the show and it is one of my favorites, but this is one of those. It just felt like a filler episode in a way. Mm. Like if they would have cut this episode out they probably could have still continued the story without it. Because the whole uh, 
the the whole MacGuffin of this episode just didn't seem like it needed to even be in the story. <laughs> but you know, that's my feeling on it. But we'll we'll get into it more. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm normally like completely positive about everything when it comes to Marvel stuff, but this is. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> and I love the show. Don't mind. Don't don't mind. Don't get me wrong. And I think all the acting and even the writing is good. It's just there's a little lackluster feelings like where sometimes with these TV series, after I rewatch them or feel things like some of the episodes just feel like we didn't necessarily need them. <laughs> Same thing with like. WandaVision all the way up to Hawkeye. There was a couple episodes here and there in each episode, in each, each season of these shows where I was kind of like, yeah, we could have skipped that over. We could have made that a five-minute episode, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Or part of another episode, you know? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But maybe that's just my, uh, I don't know, film school <laughs> um, writing sort of feelings like where I, I think a lot of times these sh- shows feel like they took maybe a three hour movie mm-hmm. and are stretching it to like six hours like a six hour yeah like a series or whatever yeah like where they 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 could have maybe said everything they did with like three episodes as opposed to six mm. okay and sometimes shorter is better but yeah, that's just all you know. Conjecture. <laughs> so, what um, what happened in this episode here? <clears throat> oh man, um, so we open up with this really cool scene where Layla is getting, you know, a, uh, a fake passport made for her by I think her mom. Um, well, it's never said. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I think that is her mom or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by some woman you know, who's basically got like you know all this equipment. Apparently, it's really easy to make a fake passport, at least according to this episode, because all you need is a few tools and you know and <laughs> whatever and a, and a backdrop and um, a computer. Yeah, yeah. And so Layla's like you know like in between you know shots of her like smiling or whatever. She's just telling her you know the whole story of like meeting up with Mark, but then you know as Stephen, who's like only lived like 20 minutes away from, you know, where they lived in London or whatever. And we kind of get a little bit, a little bit of her backstory about her, how her dad was killed during one of like their, their like dig sites or whatever. And we like, learned uh, that her home is Egypt. That's where, yeah, that's where she was born. Cause her name is Layla Abdullah. Sorry, Layla Abdullah. Uh, I forgot the last part of the name. Also, another interesting thing. See, I've been I've been forgetting to mention this for the past two of our episodes. <clears throat> so her name is Layla, right? <clears throat> All right. So there's a really famous story in um, Sufi Islam by the the poet uh, Rumi. Okay. Uh, who was also an Islamic scholar. Yeah. <clears throat> as well, but he was also like a, a mystic and. He he had a story called Layla and Majnun, and Majnun means insane or or mad in, in Arabic. And the story was that there's this guy <clears throat> who they called Majnun because he was uh, he was basically mentally ill. Um, he <clears throat> he pretty much kept to himself. He was a recluse. Um, you know, the only time he would leave his house was if he needed to, like <clears throat> you know, just work for. A, few hours to you know buy food or whatever but other than that he didn't really he didn't really do much and you know he's really depressed and stuff like that and he was um <clears throat> because he was obsessed or he was in love with this woman named Layla I guess I'm not sure if she was a past lover of his or if it was just someone that he was enamored by I don't know I don't yeah. remember all the details <clears throat> so um and the only reason I bring this up is because I think there's some symbolism going on because so <clears throat> one of the uh, eventually he goes outside at night, I think, and he's just kind of wandering around, just going for like a night nighttime walk by himself. <clears throat> and these um, these guards or policemen start chasing him, and uh, you know, so he starts running from them because he has no idea, you know, why they're chasing them. And <clears throat> sorry, I got a little frog in my throat. And um, 
or a crocodile in my throat rather. No. And he, uh, you know, he's probably paranoid as well, you know, from the mental illness. So he's, you know, running away from these guys. And he eventually ends up scaling a wall, like a really high wall. And then there's behind that wall, there's a garden. And then that Layla was just standing there, like almost waiting for him. And then like, he was finally like reunited with her. So I think it's interesting that, you know, we're talking about a show about a guy who has disassociative identity disorder and his wife is named Layla. I, I, I gotta believe that's not a coincidence, you know? And yeah, um, I mean, she's based on a different character in the comics who has a completely different name. So it's probably makes sense that they chose this name on purpose for the show. Right. And especially in this episode too, we literally have Mark or possibly a third personality literally jumping off of rooftops and scaling walls. So it's like, yeah, I, I really wonder if this is on purpose. So, so that's what happens. So, so Layla gets her fake, fake pad. It's a really cool scene. You know, it kind of lasts for like maybe two or three minutes. Just see the whole process of her, how the passport's being made. You know, they got the stamps and they got this yeah. little thing. Where and it, gave, clamp time, it down. gave time for them to talk about a bunch of, uh, you know, backstory and stuff. Yeah. It really made it feel kind of natural because you're watching all this other stuff going on and, uh, at one point, the the lady um, officer, I think marshmallow, but it also could be Turkish delight. I'm not sure. It looked like a marshmallow to me. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it looked and, like a marshmallow uh, to me. But then I saw some people call it Turkish delight. So yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that would be, but that would that would kind of be cool because of the whole Falcon the Winter Soldier thing with yeah. the Turkish, delight, you know, <clears throat> that was you know Zemo's favorite and his kids' favorites. And um, so she gets her passport done. She goes off to Kyle, and then we go into <clears throat> what we assume is Mark um, scaling rooftops and, you know, jumping off of buildings and stuff to find something. And, uh, you know, we find that, you know, just as he gets to the building that he needs to be, these two guys that just killed someone. And then he's like, oh, man, you killed that guy? I was, I was going to talk to that guy. I guess I'll talk to you. And the only reason why I think this is because – the way he was acting didn't sound like Mark. He sounded a little bit more cocky and arrogant than Mark does. So well, I'm my, my feeling is, is I think when he blacked out, he wasn't Mark. I think when he was a lot awake, he was Mark. I don't know. Just to me, the way he was, when he's like, oh, what are we doing? Are we dancing? I don't know. Just like he, Mark so far has like been really, really serious. And this, this, I don't know, had a more like playfulness to it. But, you well, know, maybe. Well, well Mark, did, Mark did, you know, in the, one episode have the uh, ha- have the whole uh, you know you you look like a psychopathic Colonel Sanders or whatever line <laughs> and stuff. So he does have humor. So you know, like a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. I think that very well could have been him. Maybe mm-hmm. just he was like, excited and he was in a new city and stuff because, like that. Like he blacks out and then um, I think the th- whatever the third personality is is actually who killed those people because I don't I doubt highly it was Stephen. So definitely not because yeah, cause at one point Stephen because. You know, he's got the knife up to this guy's throat, and then Stevens, you know, pleading with Mark not to kill the guy, and then, <clears throat> and then that's when he blacks out, and all of a sudden the guy's he's in a cab, which is interesting because the the third personality might be a cab driver who was a cab driver in the comics, and he's sitting in the back of the cab though, and then he he goes, he sees those those two guys, and, and like he's like, just let us go, like you know, like he's like. Like I want to talk to you two or whatever, and then also he ends up- also at one point, um, Oscar Isaac's character, whoever it was at the time, is uh, wearing a uh, a black Chicago Cubs hat. Oh, interesting. and the cab driver was from Chicago. Interesting. Okay, well, that's kind of yeah, cool. So <clears throat> I like that. That's a really cool symbol. So he gets out of the car, doesn't pay the cab driver. Um, you know, basically hunts these guys down and then uh, get into another fight scene. Then they end up um, hitting him in the head. But when he falls down to the ground, he blacks out again. And then he wakes up and he had just stabbed the guy in the head and killed him. And he thought Steven did it. He's like, Steven, what did you do? And he's like, me? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not the killer here. Like, you know. Yeah, uh, that's you. He's like, well, <laughs> like, well, it wasn't me then. Who was it? So it's like now we got a third alter, you know, which is probably the the J guy or whatever his name is. Um, yeah. Which again, much different than the comic books because he wasn't really 
violent mercenary. Like, like basically, like we're making this new alter to be even more, yeah, like merciless than Mark. That is, is if basically. if that's what the character is, who knows? They might even have another new one or a different yeah, one. Or be a different, yeah, yeah, because um, uh, that was changed so much from the comics anyway. So yeah, you know. <clears throat> Plus, you have so many different variations of the character in the comics that you could pull from anything. Um, yeah, <clears throat> just change so names and stuff. Yeah, so that's what basically we got set up, you know. So yeah, you want you want to talk about what yes. else is going on? So we we, we go to um, um, Arthur and his team arriving at the spot where the tomb of Ahmet is supposedly at, mm-hmm. where it's buried. <laughs> um, they they are then aware of Mark Spector's arrival there. Um, so we, we already had the, that, that was like right before we had the whole situation where he is chasing on the rooftops people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, he was in the back of a cab at one point heading for the airport and having no <laughs> idea how he got there. Um, while he was in the cab, he spots those men that he fought, chases them down. And he loses consciousness again, rewaking to find two of them are dead, like you said. <laughs> Which, pff, it's not good. And, no. uh, you know, um, wanting to know who the hell did it. Um, so, Kanchu believes he will... The, that the young man that's left of the three will talk, but he ends up killing himself in the name of Harrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, this is a, you know, like you said, we we think there might be a third personality here, which there has to be. Mm-hmm. Nothing else really makes any sense. Right. Um, so, Kanchu believes that they might be able to get help from the gods <laughs> after creating an eclipse. <laughs> uh the gods decide to meet inside one of the pyramids of Giza. So we have all these avatars for the different gods there. <clears throat> we have, uh, um, I might butcher some of these names. <laughs> we have uh, the avatars for the Egyptian gods Hathor, Osiris, Horus, Isis, and Defnut, Defnut. I think it was Tefnut. Tefnut. It, yeah, it begins with a D, but it, maybe it's pronounced with a T. Um, so the, uh, the we're told, much like in the Eternals, <laughs> that these mm-hmm. gods don't use their abilities to help out humans. They're there as like observers, just like the freaking Eternals were. So. <laughs> Right, like a T-emote, yeah, it was just... Yeah. <clears throat> so they're, they're, uh, the Egyptian gods do not interfere with the world of humans, but they try to pass on their skills and abilities in the times that they need them through their avatars. Which is kind of similar to the whole idea of progressive revelation from God, too, but anyways. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and of course, you know, um, Amit's not there... You know, um, <clears throat> well, that's the thing I don't understand. So, like, do they not know that Arthur Harrow is Ahmed's avatar? Or? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure okay. out. All right. Yeah, because they, um, they basically, like, they basically, like, you know, summon Kanchu because he did something he's not supposed to do. And then, yeah, he was like getting, getting called to the principal's office, sort of thing. Yeah, and then he they basically threaten him like if you do this again, we're gonna we're gonna like put you in stone for real this time, like you know, because <clears throat> they, I, mean, I guess Amit committed a greater crime than he did because they actually just like completely banished her, like like not just to Earth, but like um, like they put her in stone, whereas they just banished Kanshu to Earth so he could just like roam around, I guess, or whatever. So. That should be interesting to see later on if there's going to be like a backstory about <clears throat> about that of why she got a greater punishment than 
than he did, you know. But um, so she must have done something worse than he did, or I don't know. But um, yeah, it's like so they they don't want, but regardless, they don't want Kanchu to like fuck up again <laughs> and do anything that like brings attention to them. Um, right, which you know, b- banishing him to Earth. So that he can have avatars doesn't seem like the greatest idea. No, though, because like he's had avatars forever. Like like Mark's mm-hmm. not the only avatar. Like he's been having these things go on for like thousands of years. You know, <laughs> it's like trying to put 1984 Tommy Lee in a church and not expect him to make a scene. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyways, the um, <laughs> the um, so. Kanchu was trying to, you know, warn the gods about Arthur Harrow and his actions, but they they don't believe him for some reason. Which I don't understand. They're freaking gods. Do they not see the I don't know. Anyway, so I think <laughs> because they 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 despise Kanchu so much that I think they just don't They think he's like making shit up. They just don't trust him, yeah. Like they they might think he's just got a grudge. You know, maybe there's some history between him and Ahmet. And it could be the, and, uh, the the boy who cried wolf sort of scenario. Yeah, so maybe Ahmet... Well, you know, there is... I mean, it's just there is a fact that Kanshu and Ahmet have different ideas of yeah. what justice means. And so maybe they fought a lot about... Or argued a lot about that. And then, you know, so maybe there's just like some bad blood between them, you know, because Kanshu... According to Arthur, Kanshu's judgment comes too late because uh, crime has already been committed, whereas Ahmet just wants to just like kill the person before they even commit the crime. You know, so Kanshu, I mean, Kanshu's by no means like a nice god. He's very mean and cruel, but like that just means that just shows you like how much more hardcore Ahmet is. If Kanshu's like, oh, that's that's too far, like you yeah. know. <laughs> And so then, then we end up with uh, the gods like they, 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 uh, they summon Harrow to the principal's office too, and um, <laughs> to find and out the, you know the, who threw yeah. the first punch, sort of thing. And um, the, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they basically he tells uh, he tells him you know that Kanchu is not well, that he's his his. Uh, his avatar is going by two different names hmm. and the gods aren't pleased with this. And so they allow Harrow to go bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Just, all right. Yeah. I did think what's interesting though about this is how, <clears throat> how compassionately they're treating mental illness in this show. <laughs> and like, even to like, we get into like stuff about religious abuse where like, they're like saying like, you know, you're, you're like, you're safe here. Like you can, you could talk to us if you feel like you're being like abused or exploited by Kanshu. So like, we're getting into like deep stuff because like, there's things like religious abuse really happen. Like, well, yeah. like if you're like in a cult or if you're even in like a mainstream religion and like your, your parents are either your religious leader is very like abusive towards you or exploits you. Like, like they're getting into like some really deep, like almost like, therapeutic like because like Hoffa is the one that even said you could see how concerned she was where she's like like yeah. you're safe here like you can tell us if you feel exploited by Kanshu like you know yeah <clears throat> which which is good I mean it, it's very you know symbolic of priests or cult mm-hmm. leaders and stuff like that that take advantage of their position um the uh so uh yeah Hathor remains within her avatar and tells Mark that in order to find Ahmet's tomb, he needs to find another tomb of the Medje Senfu. Yeah, Senfu. Yeah. And Mark doesn't know where to find it, but Layla does. <laughs> so, um, do you want to take a quick break here, and then we'll talk about the rest of this episode? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back. No outlet live. Hey. I'm Jay Remy, host of No Outlet Live. 
If you're into podcasts that explore any and everything, check us out. We stream anywhere you listen or watch podcasts, or just type No Outlet Live one word in your Google search bar to find the show. Live Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook. No Outlet Live, your road to boredom ends here. Do you like Tessa? Do you think this will be a date that can last? Well, uh, she's not very articulate. And just like baseball in Cleveland, we are back. Um, <laughs> I never heard that before. Yeah, I'm just <clears throat> saying that because baseball started recently this week. Is that, is, that a, is that a phrase, baseball in Cleveland? No, I just decided to say it because oh, okay. <laughs> I read an article recently about the Guardians. <laughs> the I was team. wondering if that was like an actual like like phrase or something. Like, it should be. <laughs> like just like baseball in Cleveland, we're back. <laughs> yes, um, it. Uh, yeah, and like I, I've I've mentioned to you online. I was reading an article and I thought it was funny that people were saying that they were they thought it was really cool that the Cleveland Guardians, along with all the rest of baseball, were the number forty two in honor of uh, Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. But in the same sentence, they complained about the fact that the name was changed from the Indians to the Guardians. Right. Wait, was Jackie Robinson? Did he play for the Indians? No, he they, play- it was as every team in baseball wears forty two oh, at the same okay, time. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in honor of him. So, like, no matter what team you're playing, everybody's forty two. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, off of baseball here, folks, and um, <laughs> back to you know Harrow and his cronies. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> So, anyways, um, Mark and Layla meet up, and they reminisce about their marriage, which I guess appeared to be a happy one until something happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark confesses that he didn't want to tell her about Stephen and his DID, um, because he was hoping that they could rekindle their love and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> kind of afraid, but, you know, afraid what she would do, you know, her reaction to it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, a marriage is supposed to be based on trust and honesty. You know, if you're not, you're not telling your partner that you have an illness. I mean, you're, that's like a big, I mean, you know, you're leaving not a big part of your life, you know, you know, from that person, and she was obviously very hurt by, you know, the fact that he just kept that from her, you know, she said, you know, we could have, we could have worked on this together, and, you know, stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, well, that's not what I do, is it, or whatever, you know, <clears throat> I'm a lone wolf, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, and so we have, uh, they end up finding out that this tomb that they need to go to is owned by this guy, Anton Mogart, who's a wealthy antiquities collector living in Egypt and an old acquaintance of Layla's, um, played by the now late uh, Gaspard Yulil. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's a French actor who sadly died shortly after filming this. That's so sad. He, he was really young, too. And- yeah, he was pretty young. He was like, how old is he? He's... Um, probably in his early thirties, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little older than that. Um, he was born in eighty four, so. Yeah, like late thirty. Yeah, was they know what he died from, or was it just natural causes? Um, he died. Um. Um, on January eighteenth of this year, he was mm. critically injured while skiing. Oh yeah, in France, he collided with another skier oh, at an intersection okay. between two uh, slopes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he uh, suffered a serious brain trauma, which then ended up he ended up dying from. Okay. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, yeah. I liked him. He was in. Uh, he played uh, Hannibal Lecter. In the uh, 
the movie Hannibal Rising. Really? Yeah, he was a young Hannibal Lecter. Oh, like the little kid version. No, like he was. I mean, no, not not the little kid version. No, duh. like 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 the teens and twenties. Okay. Know? Yeah. I saw that movie when it came out mm-hmm. in the theater. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what I know him most from. So, mm-hmm. but then I, I'm a big fan of the Hannibal Lecter movies and TV that shows was, and stuff. That was a crazy movie. Um, yeah. Hannibal Rising. Uh-huh. <clears throat> when like he threw that one guy in like the the um, what was it the um, the fluid the um, shit. <clears throat> you know, he was like in a science thing. He was uh. The, it's been so many years since I've seen it. So I, don't remember. Like, I think he threw the guy in like the embalming fluid or oh. some shit. Like, like he was taking revenge on all the people that killed his brother, his yeah. sister. And, um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, oh, a fucked up character, but yeah, yeah. Um, but entertaining. Um, anyways, so, so, anyways, uh, they. They basically, they, uh, you know, Anton's very untrustworthy of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pretend to be a married couple to observe and observe the sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Um, through the reflective glass, Stephen is talking to Mark and trying to help him put together several pieces of, of like a mm-hmm. map to the stars. Mm-hmm. Not like one of those ones that you take when you're in Hollywood to go see where the stars live. No, 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 no. Okay, just making sure that this map wouldn't like tell me where Matt Damon's house is or something. No, no. I mean, not unless he he's got some connection to like you know Egyptian gods or whatever. But okay, just checking. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so um, <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so it's it's basically a map of the stars, not to the stars. Anyway, yeah. so um, <laughs> um. <laughs> So he, he also, um, so, uh, um, Ahmet, um, so Harrow arrives and he reveals the power of Ahmet to Anton by using his cane. Um, cane, man. Yeah. And then he also, he also hints that Mark knows what actually Mm. happened to Layla's now deceased father. Yeah. Um, Mark becomes Moon Knight, <laughs> and for some odd reason, they decide that they need to fight inside this big jousting ring that we saw at the beginning when we first met Anton. Right. That was convenient. <clears throat> anyway, so... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's convenience magic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so they're fighting in this thing, and Mark basically kills everybody. It's it's yep. like, led to believe that he killed uh, Anton as well. Well, uh, he threw a. I mean, we don't know, but because yeah. we, we heard I'm, him. I'm curious if Anton's going to come back in a future episode or not. Well, I heard that he might be based on a character called Midnight Man, yeah, which is he is. I mean, it's the same name. Uh, oh, okay. But, so yeah, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to use that character the same way in the MCU that they did in the comics. You know, like yeah. they have because they have. You know, had people with just happen to have the same name as a character in the comics, and well, like they Arthur, don't end up ever Arthur, having their powers or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Arthur Harrow, for example. I mean, he was in one issue. Yeah, and he was like he worked for the Nazis or something, mm-hmm. and he, he's more of a throwaway he, character. And then yeah, they just totally changed it to like a cult leader. That's the other thing too about how like Arthur, like the Amit cult has people. In like at least three countries that we know of: Germany, yeah. England, and now Egypt. How is how is no one knowing like this? Like how is this not like you know being observed? Like, and I'm assuming <laughs> they probably have followers in America too because Harrow has right. an American accent. So, um, <laughs> like it's like a universal cults going on. Nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be like you know trying to you know it'd be like somebody not ever hearing of Islam. Right, or exactly. Scientology or something, if you want to go with like a smaller religion. Yeah, know? I mean, well, so, everyone knows about Scientology, just the name, yeah. you know, but. <clears throat> and uh, the fight scene's pretty cool, though. I really yeah, like I mean, that. that. I will I'm give like, you that. It was really kind of cool. With yeah. They had like a, 
um, jousting spears going through him. We also found out that his uh, his cape is uh, bulletproof. Yeah, that was really cool. And when he went up in the air, his cape was shaped like a crescent moon. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet. That was cool. Yeah, because I like it when he threw the bullets back at all the shooters. That was yeah. really sweet. And uh, I do like the part, though, too, where Steven takes over the body and then it, he's got his own version of the suit. Yeah. And he's like, all right, everyone, like, let's just take a beat. Let's chill the F out. And then they throw, like, one of those things at him. He's like, take the body, Mark. Take the <laughs> like- <laughs> um, So, uh, anyways, later we got, okay, so taking the pieces, Mark allows Steven to take over the body. And he mm-hmm. figures out the pieces are a map guided by the stars, but the stars are from a different time period thousands of years ago mm-hmm. and have since moved. Right. So the map isn't really good. It's like trying to use MapQuest right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Or even when, you know, you know, probably about 10 or 15 years ago when I was trying to get somewhere in uh, the city of Finley and uh, where I am right now. And it's like, yeah, just turn down the street and you go down that street and there's like a river going through it. No, that literally happened to me with MapQuest. Map, yeah. MapQuest literally told me to drive into like, uh, like, like a Creek or a river. <laughs> yeah. Like that happened to me once. So it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happened to me years ago. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> Luckily, we were able to go around and try to figure out a way, but it was still like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, anyways, uh, so they need to figure out how to, you know, figure out what the stars looked like, you know, thousands of years ago, which, you know, Kanchu says he can do because he, uh, you know, was there. Or they could have probably found a you know, an app on their iPhone that could have done it for them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe just, just saying, <laughs> pretty sure it's that fun. there's one I could find on there right now. Yeah, <laughs> but come on, this is so much cooler to like break the laws of physics and, yeah, you know, have Kanju get in trouble with the gods <laughs> because he had Steven doing it, not Mark. So that was, you know, yeah, he, he's like, uh, he really knows what the worm is good for, so it's like, you know... So he, he's, like, showing a little bit more, giving giving Steven a little bit more responsibility now, yeah. you know. It's interesting. Um, so, that uh, was a cool no. But anyways, um, he changes the sky to look like that, and that, uh, that ends up, uh, you know, letting the gods know that he's, you know throwing another punch to another kid or something and he needs to go to the principal's <laughs> office again but this time for a worse punishment um yeah so they uh Layla is unable to f- is, is able mm-hmm. to find not unable sorry is able to find the location of Ahmet's tomb but the gods decide to turn Kanchu into stone yeah. Um, and he makes one last request to Mark before he's turned to stone. He says, find a way to f- free me. You know, so. Yeah, he says, we tell Steven, tell yeah. Mark to, to free yeah. me. Yeah. Without, without any powers, mind you. Um, mm-hmm. Because now he doesn't have the protection, or at least we don't, we don't think he does. Maybe, um, maybe there's an iPhone app for that, too. There could be a Moon Knight oh. app, yeah. <laughs> That uh, that uh, the Moon Knight app that allows you to have access to the suit, <laughs> even without Kanchu, Kanchu's help. Um, and uh, yeah, the gods they uh, you know they 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 went you know they they went by their threat that they said you know they do. And <clears throat> I do love this scene though, like where Ethan, Haw- I mean Hyrule's like, like we learned so much more about, like. Basically, Kanchu like broke Arthur Harrow. Like he, yeah. like he literally says, like he enjoyed like 
inflicting pain on other people and that was like because of like Kanchu like gave him that opportunity basically and he's like he said like that's like the greatest sin that I have to carry so it kind of goes back a little bit to the whole the first episode where he's putting glass in his shoes it's almost like he's like this is his like almost act of like repentance like he's going which, through which is pain. interesting because in the sound design of the show you can hear the glass when he steps yeah and it's like it's like again like i i really believe he's a true believer and the thing is too i think when he says like that's my greatest sin you know i i would not be able to you know understand what healing meant and like i i do think that he he thinks there's a possibility that that Ahmet will judge him unworthy but that he's he's such a believer that he's willing to like accept that almost like he's like like he he hates Kanchu so much for what he did to him that it's like he's almost willing to be a sacrifice to his new god like you know you know you know, you know what I'm getting at like um yeah I don't know but like I, I'm just wondering if it's gonna go that way because it seems like he's very stoic you know, he's a true believer. Like you see, in, in a way, I think it's very similar to like drug addiction, mm-hmm. where he's ad- he was addicted to the power and everything that Kanchu gave him, mm-hmm. and now he's you know wanting to fill that void again, but with Ahmed, right. but, you know. But he only uses your power sparingly, though. He yeah, but, he but what, I, what I'm saying is, is I think he's trying to fill it, but also repent for the previous things that he's done it's like right you know it's not yes. it's it's not like a one-for-one one sort of you know flip but he still needs to have somebody in control of him and yeah. he doesn't seem to want to have free will <clears throat> right yeah because ahmed just takes hmm. it away completely um and that uh, way he can't he he can't be blamed for his own actions too right yeah because now he's um you know working you know, on behalf of Ahmed, but like, I don't, I just got this feeling that because <clears throat> when he mentioned the fact that he enjoyed inflicting pain on people on behalf of Kanshu, and then he called that his greatest sin and that he, that he has to carry for the rest of his life. And then we, we know that he literally walks on glass all day long. Like it just, it, to me, it, it's like he, he's, he keeps that in mind constantly. Like he's not, like he's never not thinking about the fact that he used to like kill people like violently and he liked it, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. And that's, he, you can see it in his eyes. I mean, he's, he's like holding a statue and he's like tears in his eyes. And he's like saying like, had you not broken me completely, I never would have known what healing was. And, but then he got really dark where he's like, now I'll be able to do what you couldn't do and all this kind of stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's still like, who is the villain here? You know, that's the other thing, too. It's saying that Kanshu, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so like, <clears throat> we, we learn that there's like, in the, even in the first episode, when we see Steven's um, apartment or flat, we see one of the books he's reading, and it talks about the rift between the gods and man. And then we learned a little bit more about that, where Kanchu <clears throat> said that he refused to abandon humanity, whereas all the other gods did. And they said, oh no, it's humanities who abandoned us, or whatever. And then, so, like, I think with Kanchu, it's that he might not be a villain, but I think it's that he, he knows that the stakes are so great that he just pushes his avatars to their absolute breaking point, because He's, like, impatient. Like, he, the work needs to get done. doesn't matter. Like, it's almost like a drill sergeant who just, like, breaks someone way too completely and they just start crying. They can't handle it anymore. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's like post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. And that he himself, you know, is kind of a broken god, you know, as well. So that... Because Arthur himself said that Kanshi was unhinged. And then he chose someone else who's got a mental disorder to be his avatar, probably for the same reason, you know, that he himself is, like, quote, broken or whatever. 
and even like his body you can even see his his head is like barely tethered to like some kind of string mm -hmm. like his body's not even completely like in intact you know what i mean like yeah it's a lot of interesting symbolism this show basically is what i'm getting yeah at. <laughs> like, <clears throat> so um i've read online and also heard on some podcasts and stuff that of people that got the first four episodes to review that okay. number four is supposed to be like damn good okay <laughs> like some major th major it. things happen like these are you know like people that work for press oh okay because they're like you know they'll give press like screenings ahead of time of certain things but with okay. like a like an embargo that they're not allowed to like reveal anything right and spoil things but they did but i have heard like almost unanimously that of the four episodes that they were given episode four is the best so awesome. so i can't wait to see that so we'll have to see how that goes cool um anyways any other final thoughts here uh <clears throat> not really um just like I think, let's, let's see if I covered everything. Yeah, I covered the Majnun and Layla story, the religious abuse aspect of it, where the gods are basically like, you know, asking the avatars, you know, if they because because like <clears throat> all the other avatars are, you know, their their work is really not much work. I mean, all they do is and observe shit. I'm just wondering Brad. how they picked these avatars. I. I don't, yeah, it just depends on, like, their personality or and, just... And they uh, seem like they're from different parts of the world, so... Yeah. Do, do the gods have, like, a deal with, like, Delta Airlines or something, or, um... I mean, they might, um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know... Oh, I did see one video <clears throat> where they talked about how there may have... Because, like, Hothel already kind of implied that her and Kanshu used to be lovers. Um, yeah. And... Apparently she was the goddess of the sky and he's the god of the moon. So that's kind of an interesting, you know, <clears throat> kind of <clears throat> thing. This one guy doesn't have a theory. That, that would mean that she, in, in a way that would be like, she's greater than him because the sky, yeah, the moon is only part of the sky when the sky is the sky. <laughs> exactly. So maybe there's something going on, but, um, but this, this one of the guys from new rock stars, I forgot. Um, it was the African American guy. I don't know his name. I don't even know the name of the like the regular I guy. Think the, start. I think the African American guy is like Bo or something. Okay, well he he's kind of been taken over a little bit. He's kind of have a, yeah. a greater mountains channel, and uh, he he had a theory, <clears throat> which I don't know if I agree with it, but I kind of understand why he thinks it's true. But he thinks that <clears throat> when Kanshu turned back the stars to like three thousand years ago, then like. That means, like, everyone who was alive back then is now returned, which I'm like, well, wouldn't that then mean that, like, people would literally be, like, on top of each other and, like, houses that were yeah, built? Yeah, that, that would make no sense. Like, but he had a whole video about it, but I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> no, because that would be, that'd be weird. The thing I was yeah. thinking about, too, is I'm just wondering, like, during the blip that Thanos did in the movies... Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that um, that that uh, the body of Mark Spector was still here. Yeah. But I wonder, did either of the personalities get blipped out? Oh, see, that would be really interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, because it could have been, like, depending on who was, like, out at that time or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, my whole thing, too, my, my own other main point, to finish off with I me, mean, just for me at least, is um, so like <clears throat> these are like the Egyptian gods and stuff, and you know the Egyptian gods are part of the MCU and that they they kind of live like in their own sort of like portal division or pocket dimension or whatever. Yeah, <clears throat> but like we also have the Celestials, and the Celestials are like huge, so it's like. Are these like lesser gods? The Celestials, like the Celestials, like the head gods, because like they literally are the size of planets. Like, and you also have the Asgardians. 
the Asgardians, but I, I would think a Celestial is probably more powerful than them. Because yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, do we have different degrees or what? You know, that's what I'm starting to wonder if the Celestials are like the top gods or if they're even like a god above them. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, um, like just like a supreme godhead who's just like oversees the entire universe or or is like the entire universe just as like one, you know, entity or whatever. Uh, we'll see. I, I have seen some videos where you talk I'm, about how... I'm still waiting for the end of uh, Mark Maron's End Times Fun um, uh, <laughs> stand-up thing to play out, and, and we'll have yeah. another god come, and Jesus will be here. And um... <laughs> I love that, where he's like, he's like, Iron Man's like holding him, like, waiting. He's like, he's like, all right, so I guess we say the... And he's like, well, so what do you gotta do? He's like, I don't know. He's like, Iron Man's like, so what is, you, you want to be an Avenger? Is that is that what you're trying to say? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know? He's like, all right, I guess you can be an Avenger. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring yeah. I bring up our friend Jesus because tomorrow is the day that he rose, and um, <laughs> yes, tomorrow is Easter. Yeah, as we record uh, this, at least. Um, oh yeah, yeah, tomorrow is Easter Sunday, and um, you know. Jesus Christ was um, uh, killed, buried, rose from the dead three days later, mm-hmm. and now resides as the right hand of God. I mean, that's the standard, you know, Christian um, doctrine. Yeah, and um, and uh, you know, and he's you know, he's a peaceful God that you know apparently a lot of you know people don't seem to realize anymore because they they rather have a Jesus that's like violent. But and that's a whole other thing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> riding a dinosaur with a machine gun and um but that's okay so um anyways uh i have no other comments on this episode here um just everybody have a good uh day night afternoon whatever it is when you're listening to this um be good to each other above anything um you know do good be good Wear a mask if you still have to. Wear a condom. And wear a cape with a crescent moon shape. That's awesome. Anyways, until next time, bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now